Hey everyone, thanks for listening to You Pick We Watch. Uh, today's episode was marred by some technical difficulties, so if it sounds a little choppy, we apologize. Um, please join us next week when it'll sound a little bit better uh, when we watch our movie of the week. Um, thanks guys, appreciate you. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 2013 film, The World's End. Not to be confused with Pirates of the Caribbean at The World's End. That's right. And also not that James Franco, Seth Rogen, End of the World movie, which I can't remember the name of for some reason. This is the end. <laughs> this is the end. Yeah. Um, all very different movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not similar at all. No. We could make um, a Venn diagram out of that and see where, at what point, do they somehow overlap. They do a little bit. Like, I'm sure there is a good Venn diagram in there, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a little bit of news this weekend. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings opens up, uh, opened up last night today, um, last night and today. So it's second Marvel movie to come out since uh, quarantine. I am going to see it probably tomorrow, I think. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you going to see it or are you going to wait? I, I might end up seeing it next week because um, this weekend I'm getting out of town for my anniversary. So I, I should specify my wife's coming too. I'm not just getting out of town because I'm like bailing <laughs> on her for her anniversary. Yes, you're just like, see you later, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happy anniversary. I'll catch you on Monday. Yes. Um, well, that will be fun. My anniversary is next, almost to the month, next month. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet. I'm going, I am going to Maine, though, the week after by myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, also, we have Top Gun, Mission Impossible 7, and Venom are delayed again. What are your thoughts on that? God damn it. <laughs> are my thoughts <laughs> on that? Oh, that is not For which what I one? Wanted. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which was the middle one again? I got Mission Top Gun. Impossible and... 7. Oh, yeah. God. I actually didn't know any of those were coming out in the immediate future because I'm trying not to get myself too excited for stuff coming out. <laughs> but me... <laughs> that retroactively makes me angry. Um, they were, I thought Top Gun was, like, next month. Like, I honestly thought it was, like, pretty close. I didn't know Mission Impossible 7 was this year, and they released the final trailer for Venom, which I thought was gonna be next month as well, or, like, November. Yeah. And now they're all in 2022, I believe. So. Uh, well, at least Dune isn't getting delayed anymore. So that's, that's at least something. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Don't say that, Jess. It might happen. 
I actually um, have some news too. Yeah. 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 So, um, towards the end of this month, I might get dates mixed mixed up, but it's like this and next month you have uh, Apple TV's Foundation series premiering, which is based on these like legendary books written by famous sci-fi author Isaac Asimov, who also wrote like iRobot and other stuff. And you also, in November, I believe, you have the Wheel of Time series premiering. So those are pretty hard dates for the two, and I've been extremely excited for both of them. Very nice. Very awesome. Um, if you have, also if you have Netflix, um, a bunch of new movies are coming quite rapidly over the last couple of weeks and into the next few weeks. Um, we watched the Jason Momoa movie, Sweet Girl. I think that's mm. what it was. Um, very good. Yeah, I did not see what happened in it coming. So, <laughs> you had a nice. chance. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. If you can't, if you're can't get to a theater or you don't want to, um, there's a lot of good stuff that's coming direct to streaming services. So, absolutely. And also, guys, I I've been a real idiot for a little bit when it comes to Netflix. I just found out that hey, if you're flying on a plane. You can download episodes or movies directly to your phone and play them when you don't have service, when you're, you know, sky high, touching the face of God on your way to your destination. So, yeah, highly recommend that. 10 out of 10. That is awesome. Know that. I yeah. didn't know that till this weekend. <laughs> you sound like me and my old, my old self. <laughs> I just figured out how Bluetooth works at work, so... <laughs> another pro tip if you don't have wi-fi you can still connect bluetooth earbuds to your phone i thought bluetooth needed wi-fi but uh, i don't know i don't know i guess it doesn't it's its own other thing i would have agreed with you i thought it needed something too i don't know <laughs> we're we are not tech savvy people apparently <laughs> <sighs> every time but i think i know something yeah, if you give me a computer from 1998, I would be a-okay. <laughs> uh, um, so, in honor of this week's movie, here's our get-to-know-you question. Have you ever done a pub crawl or bar crawl? Oh, yeah. Unofficial and official. It's it, College was a magical time where <laughs> there was like 10 bars all having like dirt cheap drinks essentially just all in very close proximity to each other so did a lot of them there most recently i did oh yeah so right before quarantine <laughs> hit and the whole world shut down i did a very hesitant like little bar crawl with one of my friends in pittsburgh in like a suburb of pittsburgh and uh this is back when you know, I, I had debated on with my wife on going down there and then, you know, things were heating up, but not quite crazy yet. And we're like, ah, you know, this might be the last chance to do something. We go down there and the first bar I walked into was absolutely packed to the rafters with people. And I felt like my spine was going to shoot out my back <laughs> in like, oh, it was a weird, weird feeling. But yeah, so my last bar crawl was like just before the world shut down. 
Nice. Um, I Bane, and you can't do a bar crawl, really, <laughs> because <laughs> every bar is about eight miles from the other one. <laughs> um, the only time you can really do it is if you go to Portland. It's a little place called the Old Port. It's right on the ocean. There's about four or five bars slash clubs that uh, you can hit in one night. Again, Maine's last call is at 1230. So (laughs) (laughs) you have to start at at like eight o'clock to really start doing anything. And it's uh, not very fun, really. (laughs) So man, um, you're really selling this, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Don't go to Maine if you want to bar crawl. But (laughs) when my wife and I went to Disney for our anniversary, we drank around the world at Epcot, which I think is pretty fun. That was a fun one. There you go. International bar crawl. Yeah. So you can you get a drink at like like you go to Mexico. Mexico is the first stop on. uh, It's always the way I go. For some reason, I always go to the left there and you walk around like the pavilions. And Mexico is the first one, so you start with a margarita. And uh, you just keep going, and you get a specialty drink from each country, which is, I think, a pretty uh, inventive bar crawl. So. So pub crawls can be fun or cannot be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Overview for this movie. Uh, Five friends who reunite and attempt... In an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier, unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. Um, was this the first time you've watched this movie? No, I've actually seen this a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, this was the first time I've seen it because I definitely usually have to be in the right mood for a British movie. <laughs> um, but for this one, my initial reaction was it it takes a little longer to get going than I thought it should, but um, I was pleasantly surprised at what happened. I love that. So, um, are you a fan of Simon Pegg going into the cast and uh, Edgar Wright in the movies that they've made? I am. Yeah, I always find that I enjoy... Um, whenever Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright team up. Because um, I think the two movies they did before this were Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And they're just... I, I really like the goofy humor, yet very serious plot it's set behind. Yeah. Um, I just end up finding a lot of their movies like the same. I wouldn't say the same, but they definitely rhyme, you know? Yeah. Um, Have you seen Slaughterhouse Rules? I have not. Okay. That is kind of in the same vein as these movies. I don't think Edgar Wright did it, um, but Simon Simon Pegg is in it as a main person, and I believe, obviously, Nick Frost is in it, too. Um, But it takes place at a boarding school in England Um, and as a person that went to boarding school it holds true to a lot of things so (laughs) if you like Simon Pegg I would I would check that one out 
Nice. Um, so Simon Pegg, Nick Frost is the Simon Pegg's the little skinny dude. Nick Frost is the bigger opposite. Op- yeah. <laughs> Essentially the opposite. Um how did you like Martin Freeman in this? Um good. I I tend to like him in pretty much whatever I see him in. Were you a fan of The Hobbit? <sighs> Listen, I, I thought he did just fine in The Hobbit. I did think that it was a little stretched out and they used way too much CGI, but that's for another episode. <laughs> you mean three movies based on one book? Too much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, a lot happens in the book and I could, you know, see taking some creative liberties, but but three like long movies out of one book that might be going that might be a step too far <laughs> i could see two movies if you have yeah. to um probably my favorite person to show up in this movie was uh pierce brosnan <laughs> yep um he is my favorite bond i don't care what anybody says yeah, I always say that, like, of the old Bonds, I really like Sean Connery, and of, like, the newer Bonds, I feel like Pierce Brosnan just has, he's got a charm about him that I, I really like seeing on screen. Yeah, I think those Bonds are still, like, the camp style, like, campy action, and then I think um, Craig, Daniel Craig's movies are, like, too serious for their own good. Oh, I again, we could have a whole other episode on James Bond movies, and I would love nothing less. I I have lots lots of feelings, conflicting feelings about a lot of the new Bond movies. That would be good. I'll put that down for uh, extra extra episodes. Um, was there anybody else that you really enjoyed in the movie? Uh, Rosamund Pike is always good. She plays Sam in the movie. Um, she's she's been in a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. She's she seemed kind of funny. So she she's actually, like... if I'm not mistaken, she's going to be the lead in the new um, Wheel of Time series. Oh, I have no idea what that is, really, because that's your thing. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with that. It's like a 13 book high fantasy series written in the 90s. High fantasy, like lord of the rings fantasy uh yeah uh, more it, yeah kind of like if if you mix game of thrones and lord of the rings together kind of okay that's a horrible description but it's no, the only I thing exactly i can come up what with. you're talking about so <laughs> that was like a perfect description because i know exactly what to expect <laughs> there we go um all right, let's get into some trivia. This has won it won a lot of awards actually and was like nominated for a lot. I just picked up um the first couple that were there. The Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror, we hear that a lot. Those are the Saturn Awards. Um wh- I found it kind of funny though that it was nominated for best international film. Um and then that same year it was also nominated for the american comedy awards so 
<laughs> sometimes I forget that British films are like international films or like European sometimes just because I feel like I see so many things and don't feel that far removed from like British stuff. Right. Um, it was also nominated in the Saturn Awards for Best Actor for Simon Pegg. And I think, I really do think Simon Pegg did a fantastic job in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Best Writing for uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. So, and then uh, pretty much the same nominee- nominations in uh, the American Comedy Awards too. Best Actor, Comedy, Best Comedy Director, and Best Comedy Screenplay. So, pretty good. So- Sounds about right. What do you got? Well, um, so there's a character named Felicity, who is Andy's assistant at the start of the film. And she's actually named after a young woman from Stockport called Fliss, who tragically passed away, unfortunately. But she was a massive Simon Pegg fan, and he had sent her signed pictures at the quest- at the request of her dad when she was ill before or i guess she passed before she could receive them and when simon Pegg found out he wrote that character like in her memory to include in the movie see that's super sweet i love when uh creators do that they've done that in a couple uh video games too like mass effect and i think elder scrolls they've added like npc characters that you can come across um, that are based on people that have passed away that were like really big fans of the series and uh, things like that. And I think that's an awesome way to be there for people in a way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. One of the things that I liked in this that um, it took a little while to catch on, but like all the characters' last names are part of like royalty so you have uh gary king andy knightley peter page i don't even know what a page is but apparently it's in the court right yeah well um yeah they're all like medieval names and page has to do with like a servant gotcha um that fits him too actually (laughs) um stephen prince and oliver chamberlain I love it when that kind of detail is put into movies and I find that specifically Edgar Wright puts a ton of details like that in all of his movies. Yeah, it's almost all inside jokes I feel like with him and his writing team with him and Simon Pegg. (laughs) (laughs) His writing team of two. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a lot of callbacks and like jokes concerning like previous movies that they've made together in this one which i you know it's always nice finding a little easter egg like that yeah um one that i caught on my own actually um was when they are coming out of the mermaid um which i believe is the disco like there's a there's the dance and that's when they find out like it's almost like the tipping point of the movie um you see people on the poster with like glowing eyes and like standing in zombie like positions. And it's kind of reminded me of like Shaun of the Dead. Which 10 and 
so yeah um the Shaun of the dead poster i liked i liked that um what else do you have um so rosamund pike funnily enough almost didn't even get the part because she was pregnant when filming was meant to begin but eventually they're able to reschedule you know everything to kind of get around that which i think is yeah they must have waited they must have waited till she had the baby because she definitely is not pregnant in this movie yeah i was gonna i was gonna say before reading that i would have never known yeah me neither um so speaking of like little things in the writing with uh edgar wright and everything there are 12 pubs uh featured and first of all if you're drinking 12 pints of beer like that's so much beer I would just be bloated by the end of this. <laughs> I mean, you're not not bloated by the end of one of those. Um, um, I've, I've found that once I get to 10, and this is like historical Regan. This is like back in college Regan. Like once I get to 10, you know, I can handle a couple more after that. But that's usually like playing the waiting game of like how long before I just fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I thought that the names were pretty cool but then how they use the names to kind of foreshadow like what happens there um so the first pub they visit is the first post obviously the first one um the interior of the old familiar is exactly the same as the first post which i thought was hilarious (laughs) when they were like let's starbuck it up (laughs) yeah um so familiar same as the first one um gary king is finally recognized as a band teenager in the famous cock which famous recognized uh, uh they work together during a fight at the cross hands so like they all have to work together and they're all like you know a cross hands like everybody's together on that um all the guys are acting like they are happy except Gary, which is reflected in the sign for the good companion, which so it shows four sad masks and one happy one. So it's like opposite. Um, the drug dealer, Reverend Green, is met in the trusted servant because he's a trusted person of Gary's. The bitchy twins are met in the two-headed dog obviously two heads um the at the mermaid the characters are tempted to their downfall by beautiful women which is what mermaids are said to do or sirens i guess but if we go by the little mermaid same thing (laughs) (laughs) um the characters fight off swarms of enemies at the beehive um fight scene i think same yeah um the king at the king's head gary king makes a last stand and decides to continue his journey without anyone else's help so kings and a car is driven through the hole in the wall leaving a hole in the wall (laughs) and the events that transpire at the world's end lead to the end of the world and that's exactly what i love about Edgar Wright putting a lot of thought into movies, him and Simon Pegg, because 
they they both like to foreshadow a lot of stuff that happens like by the time the movie ends and i remember specifically in shawn of the dead nick frost is he's like shooting off a rapid fire plan of like what are we gonna do he's like oh how about this 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 and it's all you know pretty innocuous stuff but when you start thinking about it after the movie he describes exactly like the plot points that happen in the movie yeah yep exactly and like the style of directing with like the fast cuts <laughs> to things mm-hmm. um like the beer pouring and there's at first there's four beers and then the water and then there's the five beers and same thing with like in Shaun of the Dead when they cut to like what they're gonna do, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah the the directing style and the writing style like kind of all works with all three of them. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I yeah really like the gags that they put in there. Like you said, they created a hole in the wall in the bar the hole in the wall (laughs) um uh, so after gary follows sam into the ladies room uh thinking you know she wants to get down he's like oh you gave me a sign and then literally a few minutes later she hands him a literal sign it's like just little things like that make me laugh so hard which i think is very british yes because if you think to like Monty Python, like they do a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, it's it's like the joke, the jokes being extremely literal, you know, when you're using mm-hmm. more like figurative language. Yeah. And I, I think that sort of happens again in a way, um, like earlier in the film. When Oliver's on the phone with his sister, Sam, he teasingly asks, you get lost on the ring road again. And much later in the film, she says she's late because she got lost on the ring road. (laughs) I like it when things come (laughs) like I I like it when there's throwbacks to earlier jokes. Yeah. Um, I like there's also physical gags in this, too, uh, that call back to like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. It's uh, when they're jumping over things. I knew exactly where you're going with that. <laughs> they like uh Simon Pegg j- jumps over a couple of things in this and falls, but like in Hot Fuzz, uh Nick Frost's character I think tries to jump over stuff and like falls and in Shaun of the Dead I think Simon Pegg does it. But that's like a running literally a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> you get bonus points for that. <laughs> Um, there's, there's also a lot of jokes kind of hidden in dialogue. Like, I think that's a a great way to describe that is a lot of stuff's hidden in plain sight. You don't really realize it till after the movie. Like when the, when the guys try to make calls after the fight in the bathroom and they can't, you know, connect to anyone. And he says it must because it must be the network, which is what the alien like forest calls itself the, the network so it's like that's exactly what it is but the characters don't know that yeah that that's funny i just got that <laughs> <laughs> um so if you're a fan of like these sci-fi movies and whatnot there's obvious maybe not so obvious but 
similar references or uh, just references to certain movies. Um, the Thing, which I still haven't watched, which we've talked about for over a year that I need to watch. <laughs> um, and The Stepford Wives from 1975, not the Nicole Kidman, Bette Midler comedy remake. Um, have you ever seen The Stepford Wives from 75? I haven't, actually. That is a fantastic movie. I watched it when I was younger. Scared me. But it's not like... Mm. oh, It's not like traditional horror from the 70s. It's psychological. Um, so it's very good. Highly recommend. That's um, actually kind of similar to the 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Anyway, which this kind of gave me a little vibe of that but also a really good movie and it's superior the 70s one superior to the original that came before it and the remake that came after it in my opinion yeah um i think the 70s is probably the best era for horror like the late 70s early 80s to me i i like that era the best because it's not so gory but it's also not so jump scary yeah i by and large i'd agree with that um anyway edgar wright credits the posters for these movies as inspiration um though it does not appear in the actual film it promotes the image of the man standing with his head is lit up obscuring his appearance from the poster for the thing everybody's familiar with how the thing the thing movie poster looks Mm -hmm. um this led to Wright's idea to having the blanks having their faces light up. And let me tell you, that scared me. <laughs> like, <laughs> when Pierce Brosnan's face just, like, like lit up and then the whole room did that, I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because when I first watched this movie, I, I don't think I even saw the trailer. I just knew who was in it, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. And it seemed like there was an abrupt tone shift right in the middle of the movie when that happens. Because I Absolutely. thought it was going to be like a drinking comedy. And I was like, oh, this is clearly something else also. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I feel like this movie changes tones insanely quickly. <laughs> um, then on the poster of the original Stepford Wives, uh, Catherine Ross, who plays uh, the main character in that, her head lay- lies shattered on the floor. Um, almost like... Um, if you were to break something and like you could see like the cracks in it but then it also like broke on the floor um this inspired right to have the blanks heads be very breakable which i thought was kind of hilarious like they were just pulling them apart like they were barbies (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but the heads would like like literally smash Mm -hmm. i think that that lends to some of the the fun like fight choreography because you don't see that in other movies oh my god the one scene that made me laugh so so hard and i was just like chuckling a little bit but like i laughed out loud during the twins fight when one of the twins puts legs on their arms <laughs> <laughs> just like windmills <laughs> i laughed out loud <laughs> <sighs> Yes. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm, I'm like tearing up laughing just thinking about that. <laughs> they they do reference a lot of other movies 
um, in here. But at the end of the movie, this kind of went over my head a little bit. But at the the last scene of the movie, when Gary says, they call me the king, he strikes the same pose as Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And the (laughs) sword that he uses in the final scene is a replica of Gandalf's sword from the same movie. That's cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just have my my budget in the opening weekend stuff. Um, okay, I, left, I just have. So I know you. I know you got more than me. So <laughs> I just have two left. Um, when the town is first seen from the top of the hill as the characters drive past, uh, Gary King remarks that they should get a good look at the colors because they're going to paint the town red. And at the end of the movie, the shot is mirrored and the town's on fire and glowing red, which I thought was just kind of funny. <laughs> it was a very pretty town, though. Yeah. Very nice. Um, also, I managed to find a history fact for this, too. Yes. Where um, apparently peasants in the Czech lands at the time, part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire who revolted against the rich landowners in the late 19th century were called Robotniks, derived from the Czech words for work, forced labor, and an older Slavic term for slave. So, um, Karol Kapik, I think is how you say that, he used the term for the artificial humans in his 1920 play Rossum's Universal Robots, leading to the international popularity of the word robot in its modern sense. I love in the movie how they keep saying they're not robots because <laughs> yeah. they're not slaves. <laughs> <laughs> like that is a good running joke in the movie too. Absolutely. Well, that is um, all I've got. All right. Um. So this is a fairly cheap movie, ba- like compared to some of the ones that we usually watch. The budget for this was only twenty thousand dollars. You say twenty thousand? Um, 20 million, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that is the cheapest movie. No, 20 million, sorry. I told you, I woke up like three hours ago. <laughs> um, but we've discussed like for comedy is usually a little cheaper than our other big budget movies, but these had a lot of robots in them. So I wonder if they just used the same ones and kept putting them back together. <laughs> <laughs> um. Opening weekend was August 25th, uh, which we just passed, uh, 2013. Which we also just passed. Yeah. Which is how it Um, feels, anyway. Right. Um, So, in August of 2013, nothing nothing really came out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, 2013 was not a good year. Um, It it was not. (laughs) So starting in even July 4th, like going into, all right, so in May, we'll go back to May because that's when it kind of gets better. Um, Iron Man 3 came out, which many people hated, right? Was it two or three that people hated? Um, I think two by and large was pretty well received, but three got a lot of mixed reviews all right well compared to other marvel movies it was only number one for two weeks and it dropped off quite a lot by the second week um then you had star trek into darkness uh fast and furious six 
The Purge, um, Man of Steel, which was the first one with Henry Cavill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Monsters University, Despicable Me 2, which I think are the highlights besides Fast and Furious 6 out of those movies. <laughs> um, the Conjuring, The Wolverine, which is probably the worst uh, X-Men movie besides Origins. I don't think a lot of people oh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that so much. Yep. Um, I enjoy them. I like all the X-Men movies because they're X-Men, but I get it. Um, and then in August was The Butler, which ended up winning Oscars that year. And it was for The Butler that is in The White House. Mm-hmm. Um, and then One Direction <laughs> <laughs> in September. So it was a pretty rough year. There was not a lot happening until even The Hobbit came out in December, The Desolation of Smog. So not not a great year. Um, but it did end up grossing. Uh, so its opening weekend was only like $9 million-ish, like 8.8 in the U.S. and Canada. I don't have British numbers. But I assume it probably did better over there. Um gross US and Canada was 26 million but worldwide it was 46 million. So I think that's a fair return. Yeah, you you doubled your money back worldwide. Um and I'm sure Simon Pegg doesn't really care about I mean he cares but he's still going to make the movies he makes, so <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um so I bet Regan's wife is home. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the dog in the background? Yeah. Uh, we've reached the part of our podcast where we give our final thoughts and you find out whether we give this movie two thumbs up, two thumbs down, or anything in between. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I kind of want you to go first since this is your first time seeing it. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, British movies tend to fall flat for me, usually. Uh, I feel like I miss a lot, even though, like you said, like, a lot of it is like right in front of your face. I tend to like miss it. Um, but Simon Pegg's and Edgar Wright's movies do it a little better for me. I tend to get, um, they're easier to follow. I, they usually have some type of fun payoff and the comedy usually hits a little better for me than say like an old Monty Python movie would as much as I love like um, the Holy Grail or Life of Brian and stuff, this is a little bit better for me because I can, like, I don't have to watch it eight times to get it. <laughs> um, I do enjoy, like, it is almost like a Stepford Wives Invasion of the Body Snatchers type thing that this one turned out to be. Like, I had no idea where it was going um, until, like, all of a sudden the, it changed, like, movie directions. Um, in that first pub when he like smashes the guy's head in the toilet I was like oh this is where this movie is gonna go um I love that I also love that most of their movies revolve around drinking I think it's a fair <laughs> assessment of real life <laughs> so um I think it's a light fun ride and 
everybody should give their movies a shot anyway. So I give it one thumb up. Nice. Nice. I I agree with essentially everything you just said. Um, I, I'm probably a bit more of a fan of British movies because I find myself watching them more often, but I mean, everything you said was, you know, nail on the head. I think that the, the fight scenes are better than they have to be. The, um, uh, just, there's a lot of humor, wit, foreshadow. And, um, I would also give it one thumb up. Nice. Yeah. I think it's a pretty solid movie. So, um, thanks, Matt, for recommending it to us. We appreciate it. Um, going into viewer mail, we got an email this week from. All right. So I have to finish out the episode because Regan had to run. Um, so we're almost done anyway. Real quick. Uh, we did get, um, an email today, uh, from JGS. And they say, caught a few episodes of your podcast, and I love your take on the classic movie review. Here are a couple selections for The Wheel. Um, Basketball Diaries, Leonardo DiCaprio's Breakout Role, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Classic Johnny Depp Weird-Ass Choices, but Leo and Juliet Lewis um, have aired some decent supporting cast as well. And the best King Arthur movie ever, Excalibur, early roles of many soon-to-be A-listers. Um, I know Regan will love the uh, Excalibur. Um, he's a big history buff. We all know that. And uh, I'm excited to watch a couple young Leo movies. That'll be pretty fun. Uh, so we're going to spin the wheel. Remember, we're doing our spooky season. So we have eight movies. We've got about eight weeks, seven or eight weeks. Um, we have Casper, Cockneys vs. Zombies, Blair Witch 2, Event Horizon, Slither, Terror Vision, Dead and Buried, and Scanners. So we're going to spin, and we're going to see what comes up, and we're going to watch Scanners. So that is awesome. So Scanners will be our first Halloween movie of this year. Um, I wanted to say that today was our 50th episode um, I think it's awesome that we've made it, um, it was our actual 50th, if you look, we have some, like, one-offs in there, those aren't towards our, um, episode lists, when we have Matt on and stuff, um, I think it's amazing that you guys listen, um, we have a blast doing this, and without you guys, it wouldn't, uh, we would have no movies to watch, so, um, Thank you, everybody, for coming in today. Thank you for all your Facebook likes, um, hanging out on Discord, checking us out um, through whatever you listen to, Spotify, Anchor, Google, uh, Apple. If you get a chance and you are on Apple, definitely leave um, a review. Uh, We'd love to read those out loud. Um, Appreciate everybody who has done that already. Um, thanks for tuning in this week. Next week, we're going to take our discussion, uh, in the spooky season. We're going to watch Scanners. Um, definitely 
write in, tell us what you think about it. Um, you can be part of the discussion by emailing us at youpickwewatch at gmail.com. You can come on to the Discord, um, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Uh, on behalf of Jess and on behalf of Regan and I, thank you everybody for hanging out. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, go have a pint on us. Later, guys.